stand and tonight I'm just going to reinforce this morning's thought just a little bit. Like I said this morning, I, I meant what I said. I didn't get to preach any of the Thanksgiving services because I was out of town and these are some Thanksgiving thoughts the Lord gave us and we'll be spending all of December on Christmas so I don't want to leave Thanksgiving out in the cold and this is what the Lord laid on our heart and so uh, we're going to reinforce the thought this morning and and then we'll uh, be headed home. Luke chapter number 17, look down to verse number 11. The Bible says that it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. Now, pay close attention to that in verse 15. With a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Let's pray. Lord, I do thank you for your word, and thank you, Lord, for how you work through your word. And we ask you to do that tonight. Lord, I pray our hearts, uh, Lord, are made available to you, that, Lord, we'll hold nothing back from you, and that, Lord, you'll do your will tonight, and that, Lord, during the invitation time, we'll respond in a way that's pleasing to you. Father, I pray that through the message tonight, we'll preach what you'd have us to, and that you'd be glorified through it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This is probably one of my favorite times of the year, if not my favorite time of the year, not just because of the Christmas season. I just love this time of the year. I love fall, love winter, uh, a little bit of deer hunting maybe associated in with that and whatnot, but I love this time of the year, and one of the toughest things for me to do this, this time of the year, probably for you as well, is to keep our priorities in check and keep everything on schedule and everything in routine because there's oftentimes our schedule gets beefed up a little bit during the holidays. We have family gatherings church gatherings, Sunday school gatherings. We go out of town and holidays and things along that line. But oftentimes the toughest thing to do this time of the year is to keep the focus on what this season is all about. Uh, in America, we have so many traditions that go along with Christmas and, uh, you know, traveling out of town on vacations, family dinners. I am a very traditional person, if you have not noticed that already. I'm a very sentimental person, and we have all these traditions on things we do around our household. Uh, uh, one night, I think it was Christmas Eve, we usually go get McDonald's chicken nuggets, and we have a picnic there on the floor. We used to do it at my wife's mom and dad's, and sometimes we'll have, we'll go out looking at Christmas lights, drinking hot cocoa in our pajamas, and uh, drive around looking at Christmas lights, and you you try to fit all of those traditions in around this time of the year. And if you're not careful, you just get overloaded trying to check all of the boxes, things you have to do, places you have to go. And before long, you're getting through the holiday instead of getting the point of the holiday. It's very easy to do that. I, I, told, uh, I told my wife last night, we were talking about vacation, and we hit the ground running on Monday. We were going through the Magic Kingdom, and we've got it down pat pretty good, you know, like a pinball. Boom, 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 boom. We're just all over the place, and uh, my family, we are just like bulldozers when it comes to getting through the crowds. We have learned how to do it. If you ever need lessons on how to make your way through a crowd without offending someone, uh, we'd be glad to show you how to do that. And I told my wife, uh, halfway through Monday, I says, I need to slow down. 
Let's say, you know, on vacation, you're supposed to be getting away from boom, 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 boom all the time. And so we just slowed it down and enjoyed ourselves a little bit. Or after a while, you missed the whole point of vacation. And I want you to think about that tonight as we look down at this, as we're going to be looking back at the thought of Thanksgiving and giving thanks and how this leper gives us a beautiful picture of what giving thanks is all about. And if you'll look down at this leper, you'll see what real Thanksgiving is. Now, there's no turkey involved, there's no cranberry dressing involved, but if you want to see a real thanksgiving, you can see it in the example of the leper, and he shows us how we can give thanks. Look down at verse number 16, and you'll see those words. The Bible says, and fell down on his face, at his feet, giving him thanks. And so, this evening, I want to kind of preach a little bit about around the thought we preached this morning, and look at the thought of returning thanks And follow the example of the leper on how we too can return thanks unto God for all that God has done for us. So the first thing I want to look at tonight, real simple, is I want to look at when he gave thanks. I want you to look down to verse number 15. And you'll see when he began to give praise and glory to God for what was done. Verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God. There's something important you need to see in verse number 15. There's a transition from being thankful to giving thanks. Do you know there's a big difference? You know, even the lost heathen can be thankful for the things that they have, but there's a difference in being thankful and giving thanks. And we see that he began to give thanks in verse number 15. The Bible says, when he saw. You see, he took the time to recognize the blessings that had taken place in his life. Sometimes I think we're so enamored with the blessings of God and we're enjoying the blessings of God that we don't actually pause to recognize all of the blessings that God has brought into our life. I mean, I told my wife the other day, I said, sometimes I really do believe we're spoiled. We're enjoying so much of the blessings, like you can't see the forest because of the trees. You can't see the blessings for the blessings. As we mentioned this morning, David says, he loadeth us with benefits. This is why I believe the song, Count Your Blessings, is so important. From time to time, it wouldn't hurt. Let's schedule in our week, maybe 30 minutes to an hour, to really start counting the blessings of all that God has done for us. It's easy now to focus on what we don't have. It's easy to focus on the things that we we don't possess. But I'll tell you, if we started counting our blessings, we'd find that list far outweighs what we do not have. The Bible says in verse 15, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. Now, folks, I believe we're going to get to the place tonight, if we're really going to enjoy this holiday season and give the glory to God for all that he's done, we've got to get to the place to realize just what we have. I think about Noah. When Noah got off the ark, if you recall, can you imagine you and your family and all of those animals being on that ark? I don't know that they had some of that odor eliminator on there. I bet it stunk pretty bad. I mean, I've never gotten seasick, but I've been with some folks who had. I imagine it was a rough, rocky sea. And the first thing that Noah did when they got off the ark was they built an altar and sacrificed unto God. Why? He realized just how blessed he was. Folks, sometimes we just need to stop, pause the schedule just for a little while, and take notice of what God has done for us. 
I was talking to my dad the other night after my, my dad preached, called to see how everything went, and we were watching on the live stream in Disney World. We were watching dad preach, and uh, I remember my dad mentioning in his message that uh, to preach at Central Baptist Church is kind of like a Cinderella moment, because these church, this church means so much to so many people. It's been a blessing to so many people through the years, and I told my wife, sometimes I sit back there in that office and just look around. You realize how blessed we are to be at such a wonderful church around such wonderful people. Folks, I believe all of us need to do that from time to time. We look around and just see what we've got. Quit focusing on what we don't have. Look around at what we do have. God's been good to all of us. The Bible says that he returned to give glory when he saw. Now, here's what's interesting. Read throughout the lives of the patriarchs, Noah and Moses and Abraham. I love when Moses, the Bible says, when they come through the Red Sea... They stopped and they sang praises to God. Can you imagine the view of what Moses saw at that moment? Moses had just come through the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army had just been drowned. They come across on dry land and God brought the Red Sea back on top of them. And the Bible says that Moses sang praises unto God. Folks, when you realize how good you have it, it's going to be hard not to sing. By the way, you don't have to sing good. Make a joyful noise. It might be more of a noise than joyful. But hey, when you realize just how good God's been to you, look at the view. Look how far God's brought you. Look how much God's done for you. And folks, when you realize that, it's hard not to return thanks to the one who's brought you all this way. I got word about Brother Jack Folks when I was gone. And uh, kind of ironic, not long, I mean a couple of days was it Brother Bado before we left. Went and visited Brother Jack Folks and was standing there by his bedside talking with him and didn't get to know him very well. Got to visit with him two or three times since I've been here and he was a cut up. And uh, he said, I'm your oldest, ugliest, and meanest member. So I appreciate you telling me straight up. I really do. I appreciate folks being honest with you. I tell folks all the time, I'd rather get shot in the eyes than get shot in the back, you know. So I just appreciate upfront people. And we sat there and we visited together. And boy, what a, what a blessing it was. Matter of fact, last time I was there with him, he says, you know, my, I think my wife has been gone, he said, 11 years. And she's like, Jack, you need to go ahead and get on up here. And little did he know, be just a few days, he'd be up there with her. I remember before we left his room the other day, he couldn't see out his window. The window was kind of uh, dirty. And so Brother Bado, as Brother Bado always seems to be, it was servant-hearted, goes out there and begins to wash his window cleans his window up so he could see outside, beautiful weather that was outside, and came back in, Brother Bado says, well, we've got to go, we've got another stop to make, and he says, let's sing a song before we go. Brother Bado always leads our folks in songs when we're there, and we sang the song, Thank You, Lord. And there he is laying in his bed in his 90s, not doing very well with the cancer, and boy, he sat up and piped up and began to sing, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for me. Now, folks, can I tell you something? If somebody in their 90s, bedridden, going through cancer, has got something to sing about, if you're able to make it to church tonight and sing praise, you ought to have been singing to the top of your lungs. Why? Because you see how good God's been to you. The leper gives us a beautiful example of how to give thanks. And the Bible says, when he saw. Our problem is too often we're focused on seeing what we don't have rather than what we do have. God's been good to us tonight, folks, and those who complain about what they have are ignoring the fact that they have anything. You know, we don't deserve to have anything. We don't deserve to be saved. We don't, we were, you know, look, we were born in America. 
Greatest country on the planet. Oh, how good God has been to all of us. Hey, quit focusing on what we don't have and see what we do have. So verse 15, we see when he gave thanks is when he saw. Now here's what's interesting. When you think about a leper and the life that a leper did, this young man had something to be excited about. Now what did he see when he looked down? Well, number one, he saw what he had. I want you to think about the life of a leper. A leper was not allowed to live inside of a walled city. They could live in an open village, but they could not live inside of a walled city. A leper had to go around throughout town with his outer garment torn or rent as a symbol that he had leprosy. Anytime he would come in close proximity to other people, he had to cry out, unclean, unclean, because of his, because of his condition. He had to shave his head and hold his outer garment above his beard. I mean, he was just, he was a plague and a bane. People stayed away from him. And that man looked down and he saw that the leprosy was gone. No longer did he have to call out unclean. No longer did he have to go around with his robe rent. No longer did he have to stay out of the walled cities. He realized just how blessed he was, and he couldn't help but stop dead in his tracks and turn around and return thanks unto God for all that God had done for him. Folks, you think about what you were before you got saved. We were spiritually leprous. That's what we were. We were unclean. We were not right. We were not whole. We were the ones with our outer garments rent. We were, we were just away from God and separated from God because of what we had. And now we're made whole. Folks, that's something to be thankful for. You and I have the biggest house and the nicest car and the fullest bank account. But listen, if you're saved, you've got something to return thanks unto God for because you're not what you used to be. That leper saw the change in his life. I'll tell you, I love hearing testimonies. We haven't done even one here since we've been here because I imagine, boy, it could go for days if we all gave testimony. You know, from a smaller church, we could have testimony services back at Bayou, and it'd take about an hour, hour and a half, but here we might be here for days. They might po- you might stage a walkout if we had a testimony service. Man, I love hearing testimonies, just how far God has brought people. And whether you were in the gutter or not, you were just as lost as the ones who were. The grace of God that saved them, the same grace of God that saved you, and no longer are you like the leper. He looked down, the Bible says, when he saw that he was not what he was. Now think about the life of a leper was a life of zero opportunity. Zero. Lepers couldn't go anywhere, do anything. People had, they couldn't even embrace in the culture of that day. That was a, a salutation, was a hug. It was an embrace. They could not even embrace and show affection to others. But now he looks down and he's cleansed and he's been changed. And boy, he turned around and he gave glory to God. Why? Because he's not what he used to be. And folks, as a child of God tonight, you may not have been a low-down, dirty, rotten, in-the-gutter sinner like some, but hey, you're just as lost. Just as lost. And when you got saved, you're no longer what you were. And God, listen, through his grace and the shed blood of Jesus Christ, you're not what you used to be. You're changed. And now you have a life of opportunity. The leper had zero opportunity. Zero. Couldn't go nowhere. Couldn't hardly do anything. People stayed away from him. And now I want you to think about what you have since you've been saved. You have victory. You have joy. You have the opportunity to serve God. 
God has presented so much, as David says, he's loaded down the platter, if you will, of blessings. He's loaded us down with benefits and opportunity to serve him. Oh my goodness, we've got a reason to give thanks. But the reason we don't is because we've not taken the time to what verse 15 says, to see it. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. I was reading this afternoon in 2 Peter chapter 1. We know the story well. The Bible tells us to give all diligence to add to our faith. And he gives us a grocery list of things in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, to about verse number 9, virtue, knowledge, and all of those things. But the interesting thing is when you get to verse number 9. At the end of that verse, the Bible says that he that lacketh these things... All of these things are now made available to us after we get, say, virtue, knowledge, all of those things that the Bible makes available to us. They are opportunities we did not have before we were saved. And now that we're saved, we have all of these opportunities to have these things. But the Bible says, he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. Listen close. And hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. You don't have those things. You're not taking advantage of the opportunity because you forgot that there was a time in your life when you couldn't have those things. I mean, we take for granted so many things that are available to us as Americans and as Christians that God's provided, and we don't realize that there are many before us who did not have those opportunities. But folks, number one tonight, if we're going to return thanks and follow the example of the leper, we see when we give thanks is when we realize what we have. One of my favorite songs is, To God Be the Glory. The verse says, To God Be the Glory. And several times throughout the song, it says, Great things he hath done. But you've got to stop. Look, I know we're all busy. We've got places to go. We've got family events coming up and got to go out of town and all of this. But hey, during this holiday season, between Thanksgiving and the new year, let's stop every once in a while. And let's take stock of all the great things that God has done. And then let's give thanks as the leper did. So number one, notice when he gave thanks. Number two, I want you to notice the way he gave thanks. Look at verse 16. Or verse 15, we'll read it and we'll go to verse 16. The Bible says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Now, the way that he was thankful is quite interesting because I do believe we misunderstand thankfulness. We, we count thankfulness just what we have, okay? We are thankful for, but thankfulness has two parts, okay? We are first thankful for what we have, but then we must recognize where it's from, okay? We're not just thankful for something. We're thankful to the someone that it came from. If you're not careful, you'll go through this Thanksgiving time and this holiday season and you'll start just counting all the things that you have and you're thankful for them, but you're not thankful to the one that it came from. You see, you're looking beyond the object of what you're thankful for to the origin of where it came from. I mean, folks, as a matter of fact, I printed it off. I have it right here. When Abraham Lincoln declared a national day of Thanksgiving, here's what he says. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens... Every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise. But it doesn't stop there. Listen close. To our benefic beneficent father 
who dwelleth in the heavens. You see, thanksgiving was not just about let's just add up all we have and be thankful for what we have. Let's be thankful to the one who made it possible to have all of those things. You see, it's not just what we have. It's the one who sent it. That's what thanksgiving is all about. Number two, the way that he was thankful is quite interesting because notice the way that he was thankful altered his course. Notice he was going home. All right, he's going home. He showed himself to the priest, and now he's headed out. And the Bible says, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. He turned back. He was so thankful for what had taken place in his life, he went back to the one who had made it possible. I can ask you, when was the last time that we were so thankful it made us stop in our tracks? See, if you're not careful during this season, you'll get so busy with all that we have going on, you'll overlook the origin of the blessings for the object of the blessings. The Bible says he stopped right there in his tracks. Psalms 107, the Bible says in verse 1, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Key words, unto the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. What is that doing? It's looking beyond the object to the origin of it. This is where it came from. Every good and perfect gift. Where does it come? It comes from from above. It comes down from God. We're recognizing that he's the one who has given it to us. My dad often quotes uh, Cotton Mather. I remember years ago, and it kind of stuck in my head. He says this, religion begat prosperity, speaking of Christianity. Religion begat prosperity, and the daughter devoured the mother. I want you to think about that for a moment. It's because of our faith in God and the providence of God that we have prosperity. But then we've turned our focus on not seeking the one who is the origin of the prosperity, and we focus on the object of our prosperity, and now the daughter has devoured the mother. We have lost sight of where the blessings came from in the beginning. So here's what I want you to think about tonight. If you look at verse number 16, the Bible says, and he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Notice that thanks involves giving. Thanks, giving. The word giving is an action word. Can I ask you, how, what have we done lately? What action have we done lately toward God to show him our thankfulness? Other than, I mean, there's nothing wrong in our prayer, thanking God for what he's done and what he's given. But what have we done I mean, it altered the course of this man's day that he fell down on his feet. He turned around, went back to Christ, and fell down on his feet. He returned unto him. He couldn't help it. Folks, there's something wrong with all that God's done for us, and we can stay away from God. There's something wrong. When God has been so good to us as a church and as individuals into our homes and to this country and that we can stay away from him. If you can stay away from God in light of all that he's done, something's bad wrong. Our focus is off. All that God had done in his life and the change he had brought in his life, it brought him back. I love the story of the demoniac. Oh, this man, boy, he was, he was pretty rough. And boy, he got saved by the marvelous grace of God. And what was the first thing he wanted to do after he got saved? He wanted to go with Jesus. I mean, they pretty much practically had to throw him out of the boat. He says, I'm going with you. Why did he want to go with him? For all that he had done for him. He had spent his nights and days in the graveyard living amongst the corpses. 
running naked through the tombs, and they tried to chain him. He was a wild man, the Bible says. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ changed his life. He says, for all you've done for me, and I want to go with you. Notice Christ did not beg him in the boat. Matter of fact, Christ says, I want you to go to Decapolis. Go back and you win your town. You see, what was he doing? It was the action of giving thanks. Now, what have we done? What type of an action have we done in our lives that gives thanks unto God for all that he's done for us? Now, here's what's interesting, real quickly. Verse 15 and 16, when he turned back, it's interesting. In order for him to give thanks unto God, he had to turn from something and turn to Christ. I don't know what this guy had on his schedule. Obviously, he probably had something to do. But whatever he had on his schedule took a back seat to him turning to Christ. You know, it was worth it to him. What God had done in his life was worth him putting that on hold. I know that's hard, isn't it? Putting things on pause, putting things on hold. From time to time, look, when you start reflecting on all that God's done for you, you just need to tell some things they're going to have to wait a minute. i got to spend some time giving thanks. So number two, the way that he was thankful, he turned back and went back to Christ. And the last thing I want you to notice, the Bible says in one of them, verse 15, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his, feet, on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Now here's what's interesting. Number three, notice who he was thankful to. Who he was thankful to. Old Testament, the book of Leviticus, they were to go and to show themselves to the priests, so the priests could declare them clean. But in this case, he went back and was thankful to the one who had made it all possible. Now, folks, if you're anything like me, if you're not careful, you may start believing that you had something to do with the good things you have in your life. I hate to tell you that, but uh, sometimes that creeps in in my life, that I had something to do with the good things in my life. But the Bible says, every good and perfect gift cometh down from above. Amen. John 15, 5, the Bible says, I am the branch, I am the vine, you're the branches. The Bible says that we abide in him, we bear much fruit. Verse 5 says, for without me, ye can do Nothing. Notice it didn't say some things or big things. It says, without me, ye can do nothing. That means the, the, the branch owes everything to the vine. Now, folks, the reason we should return to give thanks unto God is because he's the one who's made all of this possible. The health, the life, the strength, the opportunity to be a part of this church. It's all because of Christ. What do, what do we quote all the time? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. We accomplish anything, as Paul said, it's by the grace of God. He returned to the one who had made it all possible. The Apostle Paul is an, an interesting specimen to me because I think if you'll look at the entire life of Paul, when God changed his life on the road to Damascus, I think every moment from that moment till he had his head chopped off, he was giving thanks. Everything the Apostle Paul did, he was living thanks and giving thanks for all that God had done for him. He saw who he was. He saw where he was headed. And he saw how God reached down in spite of who he was and saved him. And the rest of his life, he lived it giving thanks. You can see that through Paul's testimony. 
As we mentioned this morning, I think oftentimes we forget. We forget. Turn with me, if you will, real quickly to 2 Corinthians 5. I'll give you this before we close. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I want you to look down to, I think we're going to look at verse 15. Look at verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Verse 15, in that he died for all. That they which live, that's us, should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Now notice, what did the nine lepers do? The other nine, they went on to live for themselves. They said, thank you very much. I'm gone. It isn't that what we do. God saves us. God changes our life. He gives us a home in heaven. We get our fire insurance, and we check up, and we never return. But verse 15 says that we should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. We sing the song, Jesus paid it all. I'm so thankful that he did. Because if he'd have paid three quarters, I still couldn't have paid the other quarter. Song says, I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Absolutely was. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Now, what is the leper doing? He's just going back to give glory to the one who had made it all possible in his life. So David posed the question. David says, what shall I render? Psalms 116, 12, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? What do you think about that verse as we close tonight? Here's what David's doing. David's taking stock of what he has, the benefits. He says, look at all the benefits. Look at the blessings. Look at the goodness. He recognizes where it's from because it's what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits. So notice that word render. David is saying, what can I do for God? Because of all that God's done for me. David is saying, look at my life and how God's blessed me. God took me as the young child, the least of the brethren. and made me king. David looks back at all the things that God did in his life and used him to do. Then David says, what can I render? What can I do for God? You see, there's something on the inside of David welling up to reciprocate to God for all that God's done for him. So the question we pose tonight is, for all that God has done for us, what are we doing to return thanks? We sit down at a table and we pray and we ask God to bless the turkey and the dressing and we call that returning thanks and that is good. But what are we doing to return thanks? Let's take stock of our life tonight. Let's look around. Let's be the leper just for a minute. And let's look down at our life and all that we have and all that God's done and start tallying it up. Look, you may have had a bad day today and a bad week last week. You may have had a bad year last year. But in spite of all that, God's still been good to you. Let's add up all that God's done. And after a while, you just keep adding until it starts turning you around to turn back to him. And try to decide, what can I do for God in, spite of, in, in, in light of all that God's done for us? And boy, you begin serving God and you'll find out you'll spend the rest of your life as the Apostle Paul did, giving thanks and returning thanks. But you see the question of verse 17, 
Jesus answering says, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? You know, if, there's any, if our world is anything like the world here, at this time, 90% would never check up. They would go on and live for themselves. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be in the 10%. I'll be one of the 10% who realizes just what God's done in my life and how far God has brought me from where I was, all of the opportunity that I now have because of what Jesus did for me, and spend the rest of our days returning thanks for all the benefits that God has loaded us, loaded us with tonight. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Let's just stop there.